0: Welcome, everyone, to Dragon Quest FM, where we talk about and obsess over Dragon Quest. I'm Austin.
1: And I'm Austin.
0: (laughs) You're not Austin. (laughs) You are an imposter.
1: I am an imposter. I'm I'm I'm
0: you're looking for an Among Us joke, weren't you?
1: <laughs> yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't think of it. I'm sus. <laughs> uh,
0: so anyway, this week, uh, I'm going to continue telling BJ and you guys about my experience with Dragon Quest Monsters Joker 2. Uh, I both have gotten to a point in the game where I love it a lot more, but I also okay. hit a snag where I disliked it a lot more.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, see, that's that's bad.
0: So there were some definitely some ups and downs uh, this past week from playing it uh, that I want to kind of talk about. And I'm a lot further in the game now than probably what we're going to get to in today's episode. But yeah. I did want to go ahead and just say really quickly for everybody that I'll try to keep story spoilers to a minimum. Because I know there's been some people on Twitter who are like, Oh, cool. Maybe I'll play this now. Or like, maybe I'll open my copy and things like that. So I don't want to spoil too much of the story stuff for people, even though there's not like a whole lot of story, really. I still don't want to spoil it for the people who haven't played it yet. So, there's gonna be like some gameplay, I guess, spoilers, but just in terms of, of story, I'm gonna to try to keep those to a minimum, like today and in any future episodes we do on this, uh, because I want right. people to get to play it, and you included.
1: <laughs> yeah, and there's a good chance that I will. I I love the idea of the monsters games, but just honestly haven't ever played one. Like I've played a little bit of the, I played a little bit of the Japanese first one that you got me, and a little bit of. The fan translation of Caravan Heart, but that's it. I haven't played very much more than that, and I want to play some of them.
0: Yeah, cool. Oh, and you're talking about like the the on the Game Boy Color, like you played it in Japanese on your Game Boy Color.
1: Uh, on my actually on it was in my Game Boy SP because I don't have G- Game Boy Advance SP because it's mm-hmm. backward compatible because I don't actually have it. I never had a Game Boy Color. I had the original Game Boy and used that one all the way through up the till the advance.
0: Oh, wow. I gotcha. I have the transparent like purple one, you know, Yep, yep, yep. like the iconic Game Boy Color.
1: You did. <laughs> I actually need I to like, see. I think I wonder if that I don't think that one's compatible with the original, the OG Game Boy, the big brick. I need to put batteries in it and see because that's the one I still have over behind me.
0: Your Game Boy Color game,
1: yeah. Well, the Color game and the original Game Boy as well. Um, I uh, have. I want. I, I can't remember if those two work together or not.
0: I don't think they do. I don't think Maybe. they do,
1: but yeah,
0: yeah. So cool. Anyway, I think last week uh, I was basically going over my first impressions and I hadn't done a whole whole lot yet. Um, I right. basically met some of the characters, gotten a little bit used to the the uh, concepts uh, that are in the game. I was on the Doubtback, which is the second uh, major area in the game, but hadn't really talked about it. Uh, overall, I liked the Doubtback pretty well. Um, at the forest area that you start out often, Trepidation, I liked a lot too. Yep. Uh, the biggest surprise with the Doubtback for me is that there really wasn't a whole lot to do. And I found that I've noticed that that's a thing with this game. It's like each time you go to a new area, I basically just rush through filling out the map to try Mm. to get to the zip location. Because if you get to the zip location, it's basically like a checkpoint. Yeah. So you can always go back to Albatross, the airship to heal your party, because that's how like you revive your party. You know, last week's episode, I was talking about how like, In the intrepidation, like I couldn't figure out how to like revive my party without using those pillars that didn't work all the time. Well, if you if you zoom back to the albatross and walk inside, it heals everybody up automatically. So, okay, so you basically want to get to a zip location so that then you can just zoom back to the albatross, heal up your party. And then you can just scout monsters and explore and do all that stuff. I've kind of, that's kind of the strategy I've had in this game since then is I basically just barrel through trying to avoid enemies. So I don't die to get to the zip location, that checkpoint so that at any given time I can just go back to the albatross, heal my party, and then go back into the whatever location I'm in without like penalty.
1: (laughs) one thing that uh, you know speaking of the doubt back and finding your way around and uh, not taking penalties uh, you didn't finish last time and you texted me about this that you uh, about getting to the doubt back that you fiddled around with the fiddled around with the maps and everything trying to figure out how to leave and get there and you finally figured it out that you had texted me that uh, you finally Figured out how to get to different places uh, and use the map like that.
0: Yeah, well, see, I, I had I figured out how to do it whenever we recorded. It's just that we got distracted talking about something else, and when I
1: oh okay, when
0: I was editing the episode, I realized that I forgot. Like I never went back to the end of my story.
1: <laughs> gotcha.
0: So, so for people who listened last week, yeah, so I couldn't figure out how to get to the map. It said the map, so I spent all this time in the menu trying to find out where the map was. I like went on Google and was like, where's the you know world map in this game? There's actually not a whole lot of content online about Dragon Quest Monsters Joker 2, believe it or not. Like it's it's very hard to find stuff on that game. Right. So anyway, so I did all this stuff. I spent like an embarrassingly long amount of time trying to figure out how to get to the doubt back. And finally, all you have to do, which I should have mentioned last week, this was the kind of the the whole point of my story was that after all this pain and agony I went through, all I had to do was leave trepidation. Like when you climb up out of the Albatross airship and like right. walk down the ladder, there's like this little bridge you can cross. And it just, as soon as you cross it, the world map shows up and it unlocks any areas that you have maybe unlocked and you automatically go there and then you can just zoom there at any time.
1: Yep. So, so you spent so much time when what you had to do was go there.
0: I just had to walk. Yeah, I just yep. literally had to just walk out of the area.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so it just made me laugh so much. And I wanted to make sure when you're talking about going into the area and uh, finding all of these checkpoints that you finally did figure out how to get there. Yeah. But you never told us.
0: Yeah. So that that was the end of my story that I forgot to get to uh, last week. Uh, the doubt back itself, though, it's, it's pretty OK. There's not like a, a whole lot. Uh, to explore there really, um, there's tunnels that lead underground, and this is where kind of the biggest part of the gameplay for the Doubtback comes is because underneath the Doubtback, uh, there is this is where the scouting uh, challenge happens, the arena. Oh, okay. For the the like master scouting competition or whatever it's called in this game. So this happens uh, here. Uh, th- weirdly enough, though, uh, it's run by moles. <laughs>
1: That's weird.
0: And Don Mole, our friend Don Mole from Dragon Quest Eight, uh, we wow. talked about him, you know, on the show like years ago. Uh, yep. Don Mole uh, is in charge of it, and he still talks, you know, like James Brown or something in this game as well. And so uh, he runs the whole thing. Uh, you go through, and you uh, like at initially it starts with like rank F, I guess, if I remember correctly, and then rank E, you can do back to back. And then you have to progress a little bit further to do D. And then you have to progress a little bit further to do C. And then right. uh, that's that's as far as I've gotten right now. I'm rank C. But then eventually, you know, there's B and A. And I don't know if there's S or not. But at some point, you beat the game after climbing the ranks.
1: Oh, that's how you beat the game.
0: Yeah, like there's there's areas oh. to explore. It basically, it works like this, okay? So you, you do rank F and E to unlock a new zone. Right. Then, once you've completed like doubt back and I- isolation, isolation is the next area. Then you can go back and you can do the rank D fight. And then if you complete the rank D fight, then you unlock the Craggravation area. Um, Craggravation. Oh, okay. You know, you remember how I told yep. you that they're like based on like landmarks and, and isolation.
1: Yep. Yeah.
0: So there's Craggravation, uh, which is actually a very aggravating area. But, <laughs> but <laughs> um, I wonder why. There's Craggravation. And then it's like once you beat. Uh, gravation, then you go and do the rank c stuff to unlock the unsure which right. is like a beach area it's like a shore unsure you get it yeah um and so anyway that that's as far as i've gotten right now so so that's kind of the progress and i'm sure once i get past the unsure it's like i have to go back and do the rank b fight and then i'll unlock the next area and then you know so on and so on so that's kind of like the the pace that the game is set at and it's it's not bad. Um, it's still my, what'd you call it last week? Quibble. I, d- yeah. I do still have a few quibbles. Um, I do still wish there was more of a story there that just is not non-existent right now. Yeah. Like there There's some mysteries, you know, I don't want to get too far into it, but like, you know, like you see a ghost of a character who is clearly not dead because uh, you meet up with them later. So it's like, what's going on? Why did you just see a ghost version of this? Uh, there's a pirate named Captain Crow uh, who shows up randomly uh, that you fight uh his monsters and uh then it's like well what where is this coming from? what does this have to do with and then so there's there's like little story beats outside of just finding like those members uh of people the people that were on the airship with you at the beginning like, yeah there, there's more of a narrow narrative structure than just that, but it's still not really still doesn't feel like a story to me
1: hmm yeah I mean I can see that from especially when the main when the main pillar of the gameplay is competing in a tournament, like the the that kind of limits the narrative that you can tell, like yeah. that you can really go through.
0: Yeah. So, anyway, uh, I guess I I said I was bad at at the game uh, last week, yeah. but I think I'm getting better. And the way I'm the way I base that on, <laughs> the thing I base that off of is that so far. When I've unlocked a new rank challenge, I've not really had any problem with it.
1: Okay, so uh, that's
0: like rank that's awesome. Especially rank F and E were both like super easy. Rank D wasn't hard. Uh, rank C was was a little bit like one of my monsters died, but it still wasn't like this huge challenge thing where like I was, you know, a lot of my monsters were dead or anything like that. So. So I think I'm better at it.
1: <laughs> so, so with this, like I'm assuming you said that you had some aggravating areas and well, some, some areas where you, you significantly disliked it. Was that during the cragravation area? Yeah,
0: I'm going to get there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm kind of working my way chronologically here, but yeah. Okay. So, so at, at this point after at, with the doubt back and everything, this is also where you rescue uh, Eugene pool and you meet up with a new character whose name is Dr. Lump, uh, which Dr. Is, Lump, which I assume is like a Dr. Slump reference.
1: I don't even know who that is. Dr.
0: Slump, Akira Toriyama. That's like his big thing before Dragon Ball.
1: Nope, don't know that one. Yeah,
0: really? That's weird because you're like a big Toriyama guy. Dr. Yeah, Slump, yeah.
1: yeah, I don't know that. When you said Dr. Lump, I was just thinking about like Dr. Pimple Popper and stuff like that. Like, <laughs> no. ooh, Dr. Lump. No,
0: they call me Dr. Lump. <laughs> um, <No.
1: laughs>
0: yeah, so Doctor Lump, which is it's, it's got to be a Doctor Slump reference.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. And
0: he's a lump mage, so it's like a double pun. <laughs> he's, a, he's a lump mage, and he, he's a doctor, and he talks in like a stereotypical German accent. Um, yeah, so it's always like Z and like you know his W's or V's right. and stuff. You know his like Ziki to powerful monsters is. Monster synthesis.
1: So, and of course, the German is a mad scientist. Like, of course, they would go with that stereotype.
0: Yeah. And so anyway, once you get meet up with him, he goes back to the albatross and you talk to him and that's how you synthesize monsters. You, your monsters have to be level 10 before you can synthesize them, which I kind of get. I kind of understand like, because they don't want you just immediately scouting a monster and then being able to synthesize it. And yeah. usually around the time of like gravation, the monsters that you encounter are past level 10 anyway. So it's not that big mm. of a deal. But initially for those like first three areas, especially it's kind of obnoxious because I scout a monster and it's only like level four. And then I have to right. spend time leveling it up only to like synthesize it with something else, which once you synthesize it, it's back at level one. Okay, And so this was my, my biggest quibble with the Man. first Joker game too, was that it all just felt like unnecessarily grindy. Like it seemed like there was an easier and better way to do that.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, I can see that.
0: And so, yes, it's like when you synthesize them, yes, those monsters are stronger. And when they level up, they like get bigger gains, like defense, attack, stats, things like that. But still, it's like there's just something like kind of, that I can't get into because it's like I get to a level 10. I'm going to synthesize it with another monster. I start back at one. Oh, no, I got to level it up again before I can tackle more of the story. And so it basically turns what would have been like a three-hour game into like a 25-hour game just because you have to constantly be like synthesizing and grinding up levels. And that's not necessarily something that I want in a video game.
1: Yeah, the games that put artificial barriers to, to finish like that are to, to continue it's not even a barrier. It's that artificial lengthening where the gameplay isn't there, but you have to do the really repetitive thing. Kind of like you were talking about the end of Xenoblade Chronicles uh two uh Torna, where you didn't have anything to do and it was just the community stuff where <laughs> yeah. it wasn't it wasn't anything that advanced the game. It wasn't You know, paying a whole lot into the overall narrative. It was just busy work to get you to spend more time in that game. And it wasn't even, and like this with the synthesis, it's not even something where it feels like you are, and it might further on it's just for me hearing it it doesn't sound like pokemon breeding where you're still left with the parents afterward uh and a new baby it's that you are you know resetting everything basically and so it seems more frustrating than
0: yes you are correct than
1: what it should
0: yeah and that's the big thing is that you don't keep the parents they disappear and so like one of my one of the monsters that i've synthesized now is a drake slime mm-hmm And this is like the second or third synthesis form that I've gone through of it. And so it's a really good healer. It can heal really well, at least at this point in the game. It has like zing and reheal and all this other stuff. Okay, It's a really good, it's pretty powerful. Like it can hit pretty hard if it just normally attacks, but it also has access to like magic attacks that hit multiple enemies at once. So that's like my baby. That's like the MVP of my party. I have like kept this thing for hours now and I don't want to ever synthesize it because it's like I like it. It's good. I know it's good and I don't want to synthesize it with another monster and then have all that ruined. And so there's like a there's a major lack of incentive uh, oftentimes with monster synthesis in this game because I don't want to lose parents, especially once I get to a monster that I'm attached to and I really like
1: yeah I actually had that problem in Persona 5 because of the way that you have to synthesize monsters like you you have your personas and you have to get rid of the you kill the ones that you uh, that you want to make out of make the new one out of and I have avoided a lot of them because I only have one copy of the the parent quote unquote and it I don't want to get rid of it because it's my favorite favorite creature to use. So it's like I don't like whenever I've worked on something and grown attached to it that I have to get rid of it just for the the sole purpose of moving forward with numbers.
0: Yeah, I sure. want to
1: be able to keep my starter peek at you the entire way through.
0: <laughs> <laughs> or at least, you know, have it evolve where it's like the same monster. It's just evolved a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's my thing, too. So I got a few more things to talk about. Like we got to get to isolation today, but before we do yeah, that, I think it is time for a little shameless self-promotion.
1: We are so shameless. We're so shameless. We need your help. We need your help. We need your cash.
0: <laughs> I, I, I don't know what to say about that song. It's I don't know. It's not the worst thing you've done. <laughs> That's But it's not it's, is true. But it's not the best. It's not my favorite. It's not. It's not the best. (laughs) It's like a mid-tier shameless song. (laughs)
1: Like Garth
0: Brooks. (laughs) Garth Brooks is listening right now, and he's really offended.
1: (laughs) If if Garth Brooks is listening to this, hi, Garth. I'm sorry. We do have a Patreon
0: page, which I'm going to let BJ tell you guys about
1: you can get all sorts of cool stuff at our Patreon page, like stickers and mugs and mini medals. And you can go to patreon.com slash dragon quest FM to get those. And if you stay a member and you stay a subscriber, you get cool stuff, um, uh, like the mugs. And then we're also working on a few, uh, like RPG things, uh, that you'll have early access to and, uh, exclusive stuff as we get further into that. So, uh, So patreon.com slash dragon quest FM.
0: Yeah, for sure. I guess getting back over into Dragon Quest Monsters Joker 2 here. Yeah, the monster, the whole monster synthesis thing is really frustrating to me, especially whenever I think I'm going to get a cool monster and then it ends up being kind of awful. Like, for instance, the uh, boreal serpent, which is like a giant blue dragon that looks really cool, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I saw that in your party that you had posted. I was like, that's really awesome.
0: Yeah, it takes up two slots instead of one, which means um, if it's there, I can only have it and a one-slot monster in my party at a time. Um, okay, and to me, the it isn't. It's more powerful, yes, but it's not more powerful enough to compensate for having two monsters there.
1: Oh, I got gotcha.
0: And so it just—I really regret because uh, I kind of I synthesized a couple of monsters that I really liked. Like I think I did like a a snowbird and a jargon, I think. And they were two of my favorite monsters at that time when I synthesized them. I think that's what it was that made the boreal serpent. And so I was really disappointed because as soon as I had that boreal serpent, I just wanted both of those monsters back. And so since then I actually went back and synthesized a jargon again (laughs) (laughs) Uh, to be in my party. And so uh, it it was in that photo too, that you're talking about. Yeah. Um, And so, So I've got that one back, but it's just like, I don't think that it was worth it. And moving forward, like I'm definitely not going to try to get other enemies because there's apparently three slot, there's like three slot enemies, two slot enemies and one slot enemies. And to me, it's just like one slot enemies across the board are the way to go because My experience with the Boreal Serpent, at least, uh, makes me think that I'm never going to use two slot or three slot monsters
1: again. (laughs) You should have you tried three slot because that could be crazy powerful if they did them right.
0: I I have not synthesized a three slot monster yet. um, And I have, have also not managed to scout a three slot monster. I think the three slot monsters are like the bosses. And some of the big monsters that you have to go back for later on after you've like overpowered your party or like gotten to the credits the first time.
1: Yeah, I get that.
0: So I don't have any monsters that powerful yet, but you know, a few people online recommended that I just stick with one slot uh, monsters. A couple of people did recommend the uh, the uh, boreal serpent, and I I actually had the guide for Dragon Quest Monsters Joker Two because I you know collect strategy guides.
1: Yeah, I remember you showing a picture of that when it came in,
0: and uh, and so I've had that that I've tried not to look at it too much because I don't actually like using them when I'm playing games.
1: Yeah, I don't either.
0: I like to look at them for the for the art, but I don't like to just sit there and like you know be poring over a book the entire time I'm trying to play a game.
1: I stopped that. The the one that stopped me doing that was Final Fantasy IX because of how terrible the uh, strategy guide was.
0: Yeah, because they were pushing the play online thing.
1: Uh Uh-huh. When it was useless, I was like, well, I can just play this (laughs) anyway. I, I can just get through this. I hate this. So I stopped using them then, but I used to like it. Like Final Fantasy VII and VIII, to go on a tangent here... Those I enjoyed going through with a strategy guide, like finding stuff, not knowing it was there, which I do now afterward once I uh, read the strategy guide after I finished it. But nine, I was like, yeah, I'm not doing this anymore. And uh so like you now I just don't even bother with them while I'm sitting there I don't look at the same at it side by side anymore.
0: It was actually it was actually Final Fantasy 9 that made me quit as well because <laughs> because it was such garbage and it was
1: it was total
0: garbage. And after that after I bought the the strategy guide for that game I actually didn't buy them for a little while and then around the time that Final Fantasy 12 came out on PS2 oh, and yeah legend of zelda twilight princess came out right i was like you know what i really want the guides for this game i don't think i'll use them but like and like twilight princess had like a nice collector's edition for it and i was oh, like sure. i was like you know what i'm just going to get these guides for like collector purposes and like for their art but i i don't like have to use them and so that those both of those games came out roughly around the same time and so uh, that's what actually got me back into collecting it and like Two thousand six ish, I want to say is when that was. Yeah,
1: I know it was two thousand. It was either two thousand six or two thousand seven, and I'm thinking it was two thousand six because I was out of college at that point and living back in Lawrenceburg. So I remember getting Final Fantasy twelve and trying it uh, when I was living with Luke.
0: Yeah, but but yeah, Final Fantasy nine, which came out in like two thousand, was definitely the reason why I quit buying strategy guides for a while. And there was a good like five six years there that I just mm-hmm. didn't buy any. Because of Final Fantasy IX is horrible, I love that game, but that strategy guide is just awful. Like,
1: yeah, the strategy guide is Duke, and I'm trying to think like if I've actually bought any strategy guides since then. The uh, like I've looked at the ones that I've got in the back. I have them. I have them um, piled up in the floor over there with old ones, but. Final Fantasy VIII, uh, I've got, like, I can't think of any that I bought after that, like, other than what may have come. When did Diablo II come out?
0: mm -hmm, Like... 2002? Like,
1: 99 or 2000, I think. Oh, well then, yeah, I mean, that may have been around the same time then, because I grabbed the battle chest of it, and it had a strategy guide with it, so... Yeah, I don't know if I've bought a strategy guide in the last twenty years, and it's because of Final Fantasy IX.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I get it. I I mean, I I, I legitimately just save it for games I like now. Like I usually, uh I'll buy the Zelda guides, and I'll buy, I'll buy. You know, I've collected the Dragon Quest ones, and I'll buy, usually buy the Final Fantasy ones. I've actually quit. Like I didn't buy the Final Fantasy fifteen strategy guide um, when it came out. So, so who knows? But I, I do try to collect them still, and and nowadays they hardly make them anymore so
1: yeah and so the ones i end up do having are, are the smaller um uh, tip guide kind of things that come with some games that kind of thing that may be included with the art book
0: yeah the guide going all the way <laughs> back now uh the guide for dragon quest monsters joker 2 also recommended the boreal serpent uh for at oh. that point of the game uh not to disagree with whoever wrote those that book But they are wrong because I do not think the Boreal Serpent is really that good. Like, I definitely think having two other monster, one slot monsters in the party, is more advantageous than having a Boreal Serpent and one other monster.
1: Well, it's really hard to balance those kinds of of encounters and those kinds of creatures because you have to take into account like the different uh, and I know you didn't play uh WoW, but it may be the same in Final Fantasy 14, the difference in having like a two-handed weapon versus uh two, like as a healer or something, the two-handed weapon versus the uh, the main hand and offhand. Like it's the there's always a trade-off on it and there has to be a significant benefit for using the, the two-hander or something like that and so it's if it isn't um significantly better it's like why would you have like probably lower hit points uh fewer moves more uh limited resistances and uh like vulnerabilities and like it just seems like it would have to be super good to be worth taking up the extra slot
0: yeah for sure I did like, before we go into isolation real quick, I did want to mention one thing that I did appreciate is the, you know, Don Mole is kind of all about like funk and soul and stuff. Mm-hmm. His, his little like companions or whatever, the little moles that serve him are all named after like a uh, famous jazz musicians. So you have like, there's a, it's Duke, Miles and Billy. Nice. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs>
1: That's a good one.
0: But yeah, so after that, Dr. Slump, all this stuff, you do get to Isolation. Isolation, there's really not a whole lot I can say about it. I didn't like it very much. Like I, the Doubtback, the the Monster Arena stuff, I liked Isolation. And then getting into Gravation is kind of where I hit like a hitch in my enjoyment of the game. Because uh, right. for the longest time, I was really starting to get into it, really liking it. And then I got to Isolation. And it's just one of those like dreary snow areas, kind of like mm-hmm. the Heavensward expansion in Final Fantasy 14,
1: uh.
0: Moonbrook and Builders 2 that I just don't <laughs> like. I think I hate snow. I think that's what it is. I think I just hate snow.
1: Well, but you've probably never played Ion Setsuna either, have you? It's a big one long snow level.
0: N- uh, no, I started to when I first got my Switch. Uh, And that game came out. I started to, but then I I kept reading like really mixed to negative reviews for the the game. And I was just like, yeah, I think I'll skip it. And then I just never like it was just off my radar for the next like three years.
1: I totally wish that I could lend it to you because I got it on sale uh, one time during one of the Square Enix sales. And uh, because it was supposed to be so much about like following up with Chrono Trigger Battle and stuff like that. And I just couldn't get into it. And part of the reason is just because of the monotonous snow that yeah. you're always going through. And it's really not something I like looking at that much.
0: And I think that's part of it. It's like the snow, everything is white. There's usually not mm-hmm. like plants or things growing around. There's usually like gray mountains and there's mm-hmm. usually like gray or white skies. And so it's just like everything is just so washed out and samey. Yeah. Yeah. I think maybe that's why I don't like snow in video games, but for whatever reason, isolation just, it didn't do it for me. It had some pretty cool stuff. Like there's Bjorn, the Behemoth from Dragon Mm -hmm. Quest five shows up here. Uh, except he's smaller, I guess they call him baby Bjorn. (laughs) Oh, and you fight him. Isn't a
1: baby Bjorn something. Yeah. Isn't that a thing? Yeah. Baby Bjorn, like the carrier. Yeah. Okay. That's what Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I gotcha. I was like, uh, yeah, that's something yeah 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 yep, 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 yep. yeah cool. so google cool, 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 uh, cool. no doubt no doubt
0: <laughs> so i liked the, like seeing seeing a behemoth was pretty cool cuz that's a very memorable part of dragon quest 5 and there was definitely some cool things about it there's like a weird mechanic though where you had to like run torches from a campfire to another campfire in order to like get the behemoths to like chase after it and collapse this ice yeah. and if you got into too many fights along the way, the torch would vanish and you'd have to start back at the beginning. And so that mechanic coupled with the ice was pretty annoying, and the character that you're rescuing there. Her name is Lily Glider. And she is absolutely atrocious. She is the worst. <laughs> um, she's just like the stereotypical, like, you know, wears pink, high maintenance, diva type character. Right. And like it's just she's really hard to deal with i wanted to let her freeze to death in the snow
1: (laughs) and like every other dragon quest game you're not allowed the choice to do with your companions what you want like saving malroth and dragon quest builders 2 that i will never forgive them for
0: yeah so and by the way dragon quest builders 2 you know is coming to xbox game pass now we forgot to mention that news at the beginning of the episode but yeah so that'll be good that'll be really awesome audience can play it and play it with Xbox game pass so that's awesome yeah but yeah isolation just didn't really do it for me it's not it's it's more about the design than anything uh, like I've gone back there to level up some of my like level one synthesized monsters since then and, yeah. and it's been okay and then it's just it's kind of just that one-two punch of isolation and then crag gravation um, was a little bit better like you start off more of a desert you're like like at the foot of a mountain. And there's, like, a desert area with, like, scorpion enemies and stuff.
1: Right. I love desert areas for some reason. Like, I don't like snow areas, but, man, you make it tan and sandy. I'm good.
0: Desert is is about 50-50 for me. Sometimes I love it. Sometimes I hate it. But this, you don't say desert very long. Once you climb Uh, up a couple levels, it starts getting snowy again. And then by the time you get to, like, the zip portal, uh, it's all snowy and, like, foggy and hard to see stuff um Hmm. and so so cragravation closely followed by isolation was just kind of like a not ideal kind of situation for me it just was kind of like two areas that i didn't really like you also i don't understand this this monster uh you know the griffin monsters in dragon quest that have like the wings yeah and like they usually have like an eye in the middle of their forehead and like a tongue dangling out of their beaks the enemy in this one is called jamiris
1: Jameeris?
0: And I don't understand that. I went to school with a Jameeris. So the whole time I was fighting this thing, I was like, forgive me, Jameeris.
1: <laughs> I, I don't know that one. Now I don't. That one, I really do not. That one doesn't ring a bell for anything for me.
0: Yeah, it's just like a name. I was like, yeah, I, I mean, like,
1: it. I don't know. I, my mind immediately went to Chimera, but that is not anywhere near what those are or yeah. that like Jamirus no i don't know
0: maybe Jamirus's dad worked on Dragon Quest Ballers too in Tennessee maybe so. in rural Tennessee
1: in Five Points Tennessee <laughs> he was he was uh, uh, remote yeah. remote working on uh Joker 2
0: yeah yeah so that about does it i guess for this week's episode uh, i'm sure Next week, maybe I'll even have beaten the game because the whole thing that started with me flipping through the guide to, to find out about the Boreal Serpent is I just opened it up to see how far through the game I was because it felt like once you get to the unsure, like I felt like everything was kind of starting to wrap up already. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this is like a really short game, but I flipped through it and it looks more like I'm probably halfway through uh, at least in terms of the guide itself, like I'm about halfway through the game uh, for the walkthrough Which- portion. So, so this time next week, uh, I may have completely beaten it.
1: You may have, and then that'll be interesting to see if you have gotten hooked enough on this to go into the end game and doing post game stuff
0: yeah i'm thinking no (laughs) maybe but that might change yeah yeah i mean it might change i mean i have a lot of
1: games will get you by the end of it's like you know what i am having a good time and i don't want this to end
0: yeah so so we shall see we will see how how much i like it uh later yeah Uh, Thank you guys, though, for listening to this week's episode. Remember, if you want to talk to us directly on Twitter, you can. We're on Twitter at DragonQuestFM. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash DragonQuestFM. And if you want to talk to me directly, you totally can. I am on Twitter at DragonQuestin.
1: And I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beej. You can listen to my other podcast, the geek to geek podcast, every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Central. And if you want to join us on Slack and Discord, you can go to geek geekmediacom for the invite links and uh, hang out with us. That'd be great.
0: Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye, y'all.